Hello, friends. Welcome to the Online Pastor Podcast, a place for you to discover faith and explore what it means to follow Jesus, experience God, and navigate life as a person of faith. My name is Amanda, and I am your host and Bible mentor, and I am excited to be on this journey with you. Welcome back to season two. I am so excited that you are joining us again. If you did not listen to last week, I'd encourage you to do so as these intro messages build on each other. And I think we ended up with a really important question around spiritual formation and discipleship, both personally and I think as a community, is how willing are we to create space for us to grow in the way that makes us uncomfortable. And we just highlighted, I think, how a lot of, unintentionally, a lot of perhaps our spiritual formation experiences, both in church and in discipleship processes or programs, how very little of it may actually really challenge us. And so last week we landed with this question of how willing are we to, for the sake of becoming like Jesus and bringing his message to the world, becoming more uncomfortable and putting ourselves intentionally in situations which make us uncomfortable. So I'd encourage you to go listen to that. And we were, we are kind of chewing on this one verse, which is just so rich, but you kind of can think there's not a lot there. John 16, 33, we wrapped our heads around this line where Jesus just says, you know, in this world, you will have trouble. That's the middle line there. And this week, we're going to actually go back to that first line where Jesus says, I've told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. Now, Jesus is saying this after he's given this very long kind of sermon. And we, although we have different chapters of it, it's sometimes hard to imagine that Jesus would have been sitting here. You know, he, the disciples would have heard the, the analogy of the vine and the branches. And then also as Jesus just gets into the kind of difficulty that his, his disciples will encounter as, as, as they follow him. And then he kind of rounds it off. He doesn't say easy things in these chapters before. But then he kind of says, then he does say, I've told you these things so that in me you will have peace. I mean, I certainly wouldn't be sitting there at the table and thinking, okay, A, I highly doubt I would have understood everything. I mean, we have a lot of interpretation now. I think sometimes we forget that the disciples are hearing this and they don't really know what it means and I can also imagine if someone told me like oh like sure all of these great things but also these really hard things are going to happen I would probably ruminate on the hard (laughs) like and and you know thinking about when you sign up for a life of following Jesus I think being clear that it's not going to be easy um I can almost hear you ask, I mean, why would anyone sign up for a life of uncomfortableness, if I can say this, or like where you promise this life of trouble? Because Jesus does say that. That's what's going to happen. And I think it's important for us to remember this, this sentence that Jesus says before. He says, like, I've told you these things so that in me you will have peace. 
And it's not this shallow definition of peace. I think we have a really kind of very surface level understanding of peace. But Jesus uses the word shalom here, which is to be made at one or set at one or abiding in Christ. It has that element of rest and stillness. And what Jesus is getting here is the peace that matters most you will have with the one who matters most. The peace that matters most is the one that you will have with the one that matters most. And so I know that probably the shallow definition of peace, the surface definition of peace is the peace that we want in this life. But what Jesus is saying here is that the peace, that's the peace that matters little because there is a greater peace that is that you are in need of. And this sentence really amazes me at its contrast with what Jesus has shared, you know, in the previous kind of cha- the previous few chapters. The truest definition of peace isn't isn't sort of this comfort, a physical comfort. In the peace that matters most, you're going to be at one with God. And we have to remember this, these two little words that Jesus adds in there. I've told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. It doesn't say I've told you these things so that you will have peace. I have told you these things so that in me, you will have peace. And this phrase that Jesus uses here is also would have been very fresh in the minds of Jesus' disciples because he has just talked about them abiding in him. In chapter 15, if you recall this beautiful analogy of Jesus being the vine and the branches abiding in him, the branches get life in him. And then in this chapter, what is promised to those who are growing in Christ? Pruning. (laughs) If you are in Christ, the branches are either cut off or they are pruned for growth. And pruning is painful. It's just like Jesus isn't like, oh, if you're in me, you're going to bear fruit. It actually is like, sure, you're going to bear fruit. But you know how more fruit is cultivated out of you is I prune. I prune. The promise of pruning is growth. But the promise of abiding is pruning. The promise of pruning is growth, more fruit, multiplication. But the promise of abiding is pruning. How do you take comfort in that. I mean, I can think of a number of different situations in my life. And I'm going to just say this as some of, some of it's more obvious when it comes to, I'm going to say quote unquote, like the bad stuff. Like when things just need to be cut out of your life because they are not healthy for you, they are not serving you. I think the pruning in those situations makes sense. But I think there's also times of pruning where things might have been good and they've been taken away And it's hard sometimes to understand why that's happening or everything seemed to be going so well and then something happened. This analogy or this kind of vision of seeing the world has really helped me at times to, not that I always, I want to be careful to assume what God is up to, but if I know my rootedness in Christ and something happens which feels painful, I have to ask, is this possibly being taken away, especially if it's good Because God wants to actually bring like a multiplication of fruit. Pruning is painful. And what I I think Jesus kind of does here is, is we see here that the trouble that we talked about last week becomes both external and internal. The trouble 
becomes external and internal. Jesus is always going to come after the undiscipled parts of yourself. Jesus is always going to come after the undiscipled parts of yourself, the parts of yourself that you don't want to surrender to him, that maybe out of shame, that kind of closet area in your life that you haven't told anyone about, or that, you know, if you're using the house analogy, that kind of basement closet, or maybe there's areas which you think you're surrendered. And and if you'd imagine the parable of the rich young ruler, where you think you're surrendered and you come to Jesus and you say, look at all I've done. And Jesus says, yeah, but this area. Jesus is always going to come after the undiscipled parts of yourself. And so we see that like that, although we need, you know, we have this external tribulation from last week of rubbing up against the world. We also in the process of becoming like Jesus have to deal with our flesh, our, the uncomfortableness of like, who we are without Jesus. I like how psychologist and spiritual director talk, uh, summarized how we oftentimes want the spiritual journey to be for us in contrast with what Jesus invites us into. We want a spirit. This is what he writes. We want a spirituality of success and ascent, not a spirituality of failure and descent. We want a spirituality of improvement, not a spirituality of transformation. But the way of the cross is the way of descent, abandon, and death. This is the foolishness of the gospel. I love how he just says that. We want a spirituality of improvement, not a spirituality of transformation. And I think I love that kind of differentiation there because I think human methodologies and measures of of improvement are vastly different from kingdom. Not that they're always contrary, but we think a lot about character and what is important. I think improvement over transformation is 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 important. And I will, even if I'm allowed to tangent a bit, I think I've mentioned this before, but this growing obsession with like self-awareness, I think can be really problematic if we are not constantly keeping our eye on the invitation to transformation like Jesus like self-awareness without uh, transformation I I believe is is selfish because knowing who we are and kind of this I would even say at times like this okay you know who you are and and then just accept who you are that's not the gospel we are invited to be transformed, be like Jesus, but in the process, he doesn't erase who we are. He actually brings out more than the fullness of who we are, but that's a tangent. Pardon me. We'll, we'll go back. We're living in times, I think, where it's really important for us to understand that all of ourselves have to be surrendered in order to really have that peace, the shalom. We have to be at one with Jesus. And so we see that the trouble or the anguish or the affliction you know, of that, of last week in this world, you will have trouble. Yes, there is anguish and affliction externally, but it it is inward. It becomes inward because we rub up against our flesh. There's one other thing I want to tell you about this word um, in the Greek. Um, My pronunciation, it's, it's terrible. So I won't, I won't try it, but (laughs) this word anguish only appears one other time. And that's actually in the same kind of sermon 
for us is a different uh, chapter, 1621, to refer to pains in childbirth. And I want to read that verse to you. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish, the trouble, the tribulation. That's the same word there. Because of her joy that a child is born into the world. It is not coincidental that Jesus uses this word to refer to in this world, you will have trouble, anguish. That is also correlated to giving birth. I'll tell you why. A friend was recently sharing with me how birth pain was so different for her than any other pain she'd experienced because any other pain always meant that something was wrong. She said when birth pain happened, it meant that something very good was about to happen. What if Jesus is using this word to refer to the pain of our spiritual transformation is because something new or something good is about to happen or is being born? I don't believe in coincidences with Jesus. I think this is exactly what he's saying here. In this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you will have anguish. The anguish associated with childbearing, where something new is actually happening, something new is being born, again, is being birthed. What a beautiful analogy there that Jesus kind of alludes to. That the trouble we experience, the pain we experience, isn't pain without purpose, but is actually our old selves being renewed in Christ. If you come back to our earlier story of physical training, it's so interesting to me that physical training also includes a lot of pain. And so with that young researcher, sure, we can discover all the training practices and the diet and the sleep patterns and the lifestyle of someone who wants to become this long distance medalist. But if we forget that these athletes do this because they are in love with running, we forget the purpose. And I think when it comes to, if we forget, you know, our training and as we talk about in this series going forward, the necessity of, of practices and behaviors that will help us to cultivate a life that's more like Jesus. But if we forget to help you fall in love with Jesus, if the prayer of your heart isn't, Lord, help me to love you more, to fall more deeply in love with you. We are missing the point because that kind of love also gives us perspective in the pain. Like an athlete training, you know, sometimes you can train so hard you almost want to throw up, but if you believe in the goal, the prize, the outcome, or if you're in love with the process, then it has purpose and it has perspective. And I think that if we keep reminding ourselves that we are becoming like Jesus in the processes that we are in, and sometimes painful actually draws closer to him, which means we become more like him, then I think we start to understand and get perspective for these painful moments. And as we internally become more like him, we are more at peace in the way that matters most. And so we surrender to the scalpel of the spirit in our hearts. 
Because the peace that matters most, the peace that puts us right with God, the shalom, is what gives us the strength to endure the pain of the trouble that Jesus tells us we will have in this world. So my question for you as we end this week, how in love with Jesus are you? And do you want him more than anything else in the world? And do you want to be made right with God more than anything else in the world? The peace that matters most is the most important peace to you. And I would just ask you to pray over that because I think our, our will, our desire is oftentimes at odd with that. We want so many more things. I was just recently processing a situation and I just felt like the conviction of the spirit kind of say like, do you want this thing? more than you want Jesus? Or what if you wanted Jesus in the same way that you wanted this thing? And I was so convicted because I was like, yeah, when has my heart been so all engaged in following Jesus? And there are so many things that pull on it all the time. And so I just encourage you to pray and think about that this week and and be honest with him about where you are conflicted. Where are the undiscipled parts of your heart? Thank you so much for joining me today on the Online Pastor Podcast. Please take something away and talk to God about it. But also, don't take my word for it. Grab your Bibles and spend some time with Jesus. Stay current on the next episode by hitting subscribe. And also stay connected by finding us under the handle, The Online Pastor. I look forward to being with you again.